Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. For those of you who are now or may soon become members of the sandwich generation, some of you may protest, I certainly don't consider myself a ham on rye. What the heck are you talking about? But here's the disturbing truth. Uh, Never before have so many of us adult children had to care for aging parents while we're still raising our own children at home, and that's the sandwich generation. And today we'll talk about some of the crucial decisions you may face when and if you get hit with the challenge of caring for or arranging care for a dependent adult parent. And fortunately, my next guest, senior health care and aging expert Anthony Cirillo, is eminently qualified to offer sound advice. Anthony is president and CEO of the Aging Experience. He's a consultant and professional speaker, and he helps professional and family caregivers to thrive and individuals to make educated aging decisions. He's a monthly contributor to the local TV program Charlotte Today, in Charlotte, North Carolina, and writer of articles for U.S. News and World Report and a host of other blog sites and publications. And he's author of the book, Who Moved My Dentures? 13 False Truths About Long-Term Care and Aging in America. And he's an advocate, singer, and entertainer for older adults who performs frequently at senior living facilities. And hello, Anthony Cirillo. We're indeed honored to have you with us here today. Well, Roy, it's my pleasure to be on the program. Thanks for having me. Well, let's start from the beginning. As adult sons and daughters of aging parents, uh, what are some telltale early warning signs we should look out for that tell us that mom or dad, if they're, they've been independent, but uh, they may no longer be fully capable of independent living? Sure. And, you know, I take this from um, the standpoint, sometimes when caregivers are geographically close by, you don't pick up on things as quickly uh, that change as quickly as, uh, say, a caregiver who uh, is at a long distance and may only visit a couple times a year. So I'm going to kind of take it from their perspective as if you're coming into the situation and you haven't seen them for, you know, five or six months. And it's, you know, basically what I tell people is kind of use your senses, right? Your eyes, ears, taste, touch, smell, you know, is, is the house or apartment, is it being kept up? Yeah. Is the you know in the environment safe? Uh, track the chores that you do versus what mom or dad do. Are they, are they becoming more dependent on on your help, and maybe they need others to help them? You know, is there uh, anything obviously missing or larger scale purchases? You know, senior fraud and abuse is um, yeah. is uh, really growing, and uh, there's all kind of abuse, uh, but um, unfortunately, a lot of it is um, initiated by family members. But there's also self-neglect 
of of, uh, of you know, people have themselves as they get older. You know, seniors who are isolated, um, you know, tend to let themselves go a little bit. They don't get they out. May, they don't they cook may right. Take their medications also. I know that's sometimes uh, a problem. A- absolutely. So you want to kind of look out for that. Uh, you know, if there's a new best friend around and like a home care worker, you know, it could be a sign that something you know. And then you get into kind of the physical weight gain, weight loss, the kind of hygiene. Yeah. You know, the list goes on uh, strength and balance, uh, <laughs> hydration, yeah. um, how are they clothes? mood swings, too, sometimes. It's, uh, you know, if they're real pleasant one moment and real angry the next moment or something, they could tell you that something's going yeah, mood mood swings can certainly, uh, and again, I'm not a clinician, but certainly mood swings could uh, signal all kinds of things from uh, medications that are expired to medication interactions to early uh, onset Alzheimer's. And, and you, know, you also want to be aware of just, you know, uh, again, financial fraud of this, you know, overdue yeah. bills, unopened mail, sweepstakes, uh, <laughs> changes to bank accounts. So, um, you know, there's lots of uh, different things that you can check. Uh, but I think as I started with uh, on this particular question, use your senses because that's, um, you know, and that's going to tell your gut kind of, you know, something's wrong here. Well, as a next step, let's say that you do see some of those warning signs. The next would be intended destination. Where should your elderly parent reside? From your experience, what are a few of the factors we should consider in deciding whether mom or dad uh, should move in with us, receive assistance to stay in his or her own home, or move directly into a senior living facility? What are some of the considerations there? Yeah, and first of all, you have to realize that this is a very hard conversation to have. Uh, I mean, I tell uh, my kids, and, you know, I'm early 60s, and uh, uh, you're going to have to drag and kick, uh, I mean, kicking and screaming out of the house that I'm in because we absolutely uh, love it. So, you know, in terms of moving in, I don't know if I would rush to that one because sometimes it's just not a practical decision to make. But, yeah. you know, if you're going to have that conversation um, and it, it makes sense and the environment and the context of family uh, dynamics, um, you know, it may not be a matter of who is the closest because the closest might not be the most appropriate. I mean, you have to kind of have to look at the relationship of the children to the spouse and the skill sets, you know. Um, know, That's such a crucial, especially if you're a son of an aging parent. It seems like, you know, don't don't most women end up doing the primary caregiving role? It seems like I'm maybe not so much now as in the past, but uh, I, I would still... think it'd be a real problem if you're a son. You want your parent to move in, and your spouse is not your wife is not on board and, and feels put upon. It could be a real issue. Yeah, it certainly is changing. I mean, we're seeing more men as caregivers, and and the most surprising statistic we've seen in the last two years is that 25% of caregivers are millennials, and they tend to be more male than female. So, you know, you, you, you know, we all have preconceptions, especially as older folks, about what millennials are and how lazy they might be, but yet 25% of them are in a, a caregiving situation. And you're right, it's uh, a bit different. You know, when you're a male, I mean, I was, you know, we helped mom financially as my sister took care of her down in Florida. Yeah. Uh, and um, But then my sister passed and I had to literally move mom up in six weeks to North Carolina. And we didn't have a first floor bedroom to accommodate her. So so uh, she went into a local senior community, uh, and certainly I wouldn't have had, uh, you know, any, 
the skill set or the inclination to, you know, want to bathe her or things like that. And so yeah. that's when you really, you know, need to understand uh, when to bring in, bring in help. And, you know, the primary caregiver can change. Uh, my mother-in-law who passed uh, January a year ago had, uh, you know, she has three daughters and, uh, mm-hmm. and my wife was the furthest and, and she traveled from North Carolina to Philly to be her uh, primary uh, caregiver. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think one of the things is, People need, families need to have the conversation about these things earlier and look at the delineation of responsibilities earlier. You know, if something happens to mom or dad, you know, who's going to, who's going to get, get the, you know, medical power of attorney? Who's going to have financial power of attorney? Who's yeah. going to handle the checkbook? Those types of things. You know, and aging in place is a whole other, another discussion. I mean, it's, you got to realize that the people moving into assisted living are getting older and older. I mean, the average age is 85, and I imagine yeah, that'll wow. keep pushing up uh, yeah. because people want to stay in their, their house. And with the idea of universal de- design, you know, one-story living, yeah. wide doorways, uh, you know, non-slip surfaces, lighting, you know, there's a whole profession of people out there who can make the home safe. And then there's a whole technology sector out there that's looking, you know, what sensors go in the house that can detect falls and things like that. And there's even kind of quirky little things like granny pods, these little small houses that you, you can put in your back. Your granny, that's what they call them, granny pods. And you can put them in your backyard and uh, they'll have everything you need. Uh, and uh, and mom or dad will be right there. But uh, uh, even home sharing is on the rise. Uh, um, and, and it's not necessarily senior with senior. Uh, it could be senior. It really uh, promotes intergenerational uh, conversation and interaction. And uh, and so that's becoming uh, you know it's fraught with some risk of abuse, but um, on the other hand, college student maybe (laughs) exactly, and you're you're even finding college students who go into assisted living, and in exchange for one of their talents, maybe they're an artist, maybe they're a singer, the assisted living will put them up um, and uh, and take care of them. So. you know, uh, these are all conversations because one of the things I would, and we tried this, we were going to try it with my mother and father-in-law when they were still alive, was the idea of, oh, you'll go spend, you know, um, three, four months with the daughter when they're out in Arizona, and then you come to North Carolina and, and come with us. Uh, a lot of times it's just impractical, yeah. impractical, and as you get older, it just becomes harder. Yeah, it's so hard. I know we talked about that, my wife's mother, but... Uh... She became where she really wasn't up to airline travel anymore. She never did make it out to Iowa. She, both of my wife's siblings were in the Detroit area, and she split time between those two. And pretty soon, they both decided they couldn't really handle it, and they moved. She moved into a assisted living facility. But uh, yeah, but I, I don't yeah. think that is. Re- I, I wouldn't think that would be real popular with the. Uh, the parents as well, if they keep having to move around from one home to another, I would think that'd be kind of difficult. But. Yeah, unless, you know, unless like, again, mom or dad is really top shape and and uh, and can do it. And you know, we're, we're we read about miraculous stories of uh, amazing seniors. Uh, my daughter sent me one uh, about two weeks ago of uh, 
the uh, Grand Canyon Junior Marshal. A woman went to the Grand Canyon, and she became a Junior Marshal at 103. So she's a Junior Marshal. <laughs> what do uh, their Senior Marshals look like? <laughs> yeah, and she's three years. That's right, exactly. And she's then what does the freshman one look like, right? And and she's three years older than the actual designation of the Grand Canyon as a national park. So it's uh, it's pretty she fascinating. But the beginning. <laughs> so I think person like her could probably get around fine and yeah. go where she wants. Well, we see and hear frequent advertisements for in-home assisted living. Are these services a realistic option for seniors in the early stages of dementia? And assuming full-time live-in assistance is required, is it more or less costly than moving into an assisted living facility? Well, it all depends on 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 what kind of services you're going to get. I mean, there's two types of home health care. One is that kind of assistance with, you know, your daily activities. Uh, you know, they're going to cook a meal or clean uh, and things like that. And yeah. then there's skilled there's skilled care. You know, where uh, you know when my mother and my mother had both when she was living in her apartment. I mean, we had people come in and uh, you know. Um, you know, do some household chores, yeah. which she was, of course, never satisfied with. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and also, after she was hospitalized, we had skilled nursing. And, and you know, the that piece of it is usually uh, paid for, uh, you know, through Medicare and, and, you know, your insurance plans. The other ones are not necessarily paid for unless, you know, you are one of the fortunate ones who've... Uh, thought about saving earlier in life for uh, long-term care needs and bought long-term care insurance. I mean, you know, if, if somebody literally needed round-the-clock home health care, then you definitely would want to look at um, a, a more of a, a senior community. But, you know, um, uh, even that, there's so many nuances of it. I mean, there's there's just plain old senior communities that have no medical component that are cropping up. I can't tell you how many senior apartments have cropped up around mm-hmm. where I live in North Carolina. Um, and then, you know, they, they overbuilt the assisted living sector. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, for a long time, they were scrambling to fill beds. And as I said, people wait till they're, you know, mid-80s before they go into those things. Mm-hmm. But you got to realize that, you know, the cheapest ones might be 3000 a month, but it's wow. it's easy to find that they're more like 8000 a month. So oh, wow. um, it's, you know, and then there's continuing care communities where you go in, uh, you know, kind of yeah. at that independent level and go down the, you know, the, the acuity chain, as we say, to straight to nursing homes. But a lot of those involve, um, you know, equity payments up front. And yeah, uh, My parents moved into a facility like that and uh, graduated, I guess you'd say graduated to the assisted living yeah. and, you know, and the memory care, whatever they call it. Yeah, exactly. Homes anymore. <laughs> and it, you know, it really gets to um, kind of planning. You know, there's a whole finance. I, I talk about my in my platform that you need to prepare for your aging a sooner in life, but in around three areas. And and I talk about your physical well-being, uh, your financial well-being, and your emotional well-being. Yeah. And you know, uh, the financial is a big piece of that, and and healthcare literacy is a huge part of this. I mean, you know, I'm self-employed. We have a a Blue Cross plan with a huge deductible, and by the time I you know get done. Uh, you know, reaching my deductible limit and paying for the premium, you're talking about, you know, forty, fifty thousand dollars out of pocket on any given year. Now thankfully we don't incur a lot of expenses, but our our premiums are still 
pretty darn high. So, um, you know, people need to have the conversations of planning on how to pay for health care, uh, you know, when they're 20, uh, because it's it's going to be really in, important as you as you go um, down the line. And, you know, there are ways to wants to think about. <laughs> Ex- well, exactly. Uh, and, but you know what I think? A 20-year-old might want to start thinking about it when we start looking at that idea of millennial caregivers. And because yeah, the, right. the one thing I, I try to stress to caregivers all the time is, are you learning the lessons of, of from your caregiving experience? So, for example, if, if uh, you know, I had to go and we had to get an elder care attorney to do the normal stuff so mom could uh, get the VA aid and attendance benefit because my dad was a World War II vet. Mm. Um, And then, you know, set up a trust and, uh, uh, you know, maneuvering in her senior community with cliques and bullying and all that kind of stuff. And and so uh, are people looking at that experience and say, hey, uh, am I prepared uh, for my for my aging. So, yeah. and I think the better you keep yourself physically, uh, the longer you're going to live uh, a healthy life, and hopefully in your home. And when I talk about emotional, uh, I really talk about you know when I left Philadelphia, I was doing a hundred nursing home performances part time a year, wow. and uh, and I learned a whole lot of lessons, which you know some of it wound up in the book uh, mm. uh, from seniors. You know the ones who are thriving in the places that we most associate with death, you know, nursing homes. Yeah. And by the way, people still think of them as one thing, you know, the home. Yeah. Uh, people have a very hard time distinguishing until they're in the middle of themselves that there's different levels of care. But I learned so much about them. You know, the people who were still having quality lives were people who uh, still had some kind of purpose within the place they lived and oh, yeah. um, the social networks and uh, knew how to laugh and make fun of themselves. And and, uh, and and the biggest one I've learned uh, from from elders is uh, gratitude. You know, uh, yeah, you know, people sure. who are in the worst of circumstances uh, are are some of the most grateful people I've ever met. And so, if you're paying attention to the cues, um, you'll learn how to live a quality life um, and and do it earlier, so that maybe some of the pitfalls because uh, of aging will be avoided. Because uh, I don't see the financing of healthcare, which unfortunately other Western countries provide for some form of long-term care for their yeah. uh, citizens. So we, we certainly don't, but I don't see the uh, finances of health care changing anytime soon with all the political divide and lack of consensus and all the uh, yeah. uh, advocacy groups and uh, lobbying that go on. Uh, and so you really have to rely on no one but yourself to uh, go through this and financial caregiver, literacy is important. Caregiver stress and burnout is a common problem and on your uh, the agingexperience.com website you include nine ways to reduce stress for caregivers. We don't have time to go through all nine but could you please uh, highlight two or three of the most important of these uh, nine ways to reduce stress? Well, um, I think certainly that you have to take care of yourself. And so that is one of the most important things that caregivers need. Uh, you need to uh, take care of yourself. Uh, and that, again, it's physically, 
uh, and uh, emotionally uh, and make time for yourself. You know, you don't uh, need we, to be too proud to ask and seek and uh, accept help either. <laughs> that's right. Uh, you want to make, you want to accept help, maintain help. You want to, uh, you know, uh, we just did a segment where I was talking, or the next segment I'll do on the on the TV shows is, uh, you know, what happens after the caregiving is over because you will not be a caregiver forever. So you want to maintain your networks uh, and relationships and uh, even the real relationships in your in your family you need to maintain um, you know with with uh, your husband or wife and and have routines to um, uh, you know whether it's take a walk in the morning walk the dog at night watch one pro you know program together whatever it might be so you know taking the time for yourself is I think one of the most important things uh, you know I run something called a caregiver summit where I interview experts uh, uh, on the topic uh, of caregiving, and one of my experts actually created an, an app. Her name's Ellie Izzo, and the uh, app is called Scentbeat, S-E-N-T-B-E-A-T. And it's uh, kind of an, an app for navigating through any negative emotions. So you can actually put a situation into the app, and it will go through its algorithms and kind of, uh, you know, look, you know, it'll present to you options about, uh, you know, what you can do to calm yourself down. And, and certainly meditation and, uh, and exercise have their own forms of benefits as well. Well, let's talk a bit about uh, some of the helpful resources you offer. I noticed on your website you present a Caregiver Smile Summit 2 Tips, Tricks, Tactics. What are right. these summits, and are they in person or online? Who should attend, and uh, what will attendees gain? And uh, is it uh, one also available, and do you presently plan a Summit 3? Oh, yeah. So Summit 3, I'm already doing interviews. So the Caregiver Summit arrived from how can caregivers who are new to their caregiving situation or anticipating that, you know, one day I'm going to need to care for mom or dad, yeah. and again, these millennials and things like that, how can they go to one place and get education very quickly? And, you know, these virtual summits, you know, you register, and and once the material's available, it's, it's yours to view on your own schedule. So yeah. um, the first year we had 53 experts, uh, 53 videos that range from wow. 15 minutes to 30. Um, you know, the next year, last year, we had 36 sessions with 39 experts, and I'll uh, probably have about that many this year. So um, the beauty of it is we also work uh, with a partner company of, of mine called Global Institutional Solutions that bring a suite of caregiver services, not just the videos, but the videos are a big part of it. We also have caregiver advocates and things like that that corporations can use to bring out their uh, to their employee workforce to help with retention because caregiving in the workforce is something we haven't even talked about but another big issue. And so we can reach almost, you know, 3 million uh, people with the videos that uh, that we produce. And it, it's, um, it's an interesting mix of, um, you know, so it is virtual. It's um, online. Uh, and we just wanted a place where people can go and get educated quickly. I had one person go through the summit the first year, and she literally watched all 53 videos wow. in one weekend because her husband had been recently diagnosed oh. with kind of a very rare condition. He was one of those people who had the flu shot and had the uh, the rare reaction of, oh, yeah. uh, I think it's called Jill Gilliam Bear or Bar yeah, disease. And uh, it's horrible, but uh, he's he's 
getting better, but uh, she was quickly becoming a caregiver, and so she ramped up her education pretty quickly. And we, we kind of do it from just the way this discussion started. We start with, you know, caregiver health and how can we make your life easier, uh, and then you know, and then we look at the legal and financial caregiving, and then we go through the, uh, well, you know, the acuity. We start with aging in place, and then we have senior living options, and then uh, we have uh, sessions on end of life care on after the care giving is over and we've even done some interesting segments uh, on the changing demographics of caregiver we've had, we've had sessions on millennial caregivers and we've also I even interviewed a gentleman from Africa last year on the uh, particular needs and issues of that population and if you think caregiving is hard here yeah. it's ten times worse there so, so um, how does somebody sign or how, is, how do I uh, we get hold of that uh, sure so it's caregiver summit so c-a-r-e-g-i-v-e-r-s-u-m-m-i-t caregiversummit.org and uh, if you uh, if you go there you can you can register and uh, the second summit's live, so once you register, you could sign in. If you go to the bottom of that page, you'll see a link that takes you to the first uh, summit. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you're interested in that, you could do that as well. And uh, and like I said, we're preparing the third one. And so um, can uh, I pre-register for that now? I think you mentioned. Oh yeah, you absolutely can. Uh, and that's what uh, if you pre-register now, it's the cheapest price. And then when we announce our expert lineup and. Uh, and I could tell you we have uh, a New York Times best-selling author, John Leland, uh, who uh, who um, has been following um, these groups, a group of seniors in the boroughs of New York, and following their story. And he sort of went in with this. Uh, well, I'm, you know, I'm not going to find out a whole lot new. It's about old age and decline, and he walked away with it with a book, a speaking tour, and uh, a whole different. Uh, perspective on uh, on aging, and uh, you know he's really grown close close to these people. I also interviewed uh, Ken Dykewald, and if anybody's in the aging space, they know he's a kind of a rock star in that I've space as well. You have that book, Who Moved My Dentures? Can uh, is that available through Amazon, or what's the best way to? Yeah, get you can get it through Amazon, or you can go to my website, www. The Aging Experience, kind of spelled the way uh, it sounds. Yeah. Uh, theagingexperience.com if you go under products uh, you can actually buy the book you can also buy one, any one of my 16 music CDs uh, oh, great. <laughs> uh, I put um, 12 of them together for the months of the year and they are based on the programs I do in senior communities I have, oh, I have two where I sing about you know Frank Sinatra songs and I have one that goes with my keynote The Meaning of Life and uh, I give that a lot to um, uh, all kind of uh, associations and groups um, keynoting. So if people are interested uh, in hiring me as a speaker, that's uh, something I thrive uh, to do. And uh, and I'm very entertaining. Obviously, I use song in my presentations, and uh, we uh, we have a good time. And I teach the lessons I've learned from uh, from our elders, and uh, make sure that uh, we're all uh, singing and uh, sometimes crying and a lot of times laughing. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Well, to conclude, I'd like to conclude this segment with a rather humorous senior living plan. I'm certain my guest, Anthony Cirillo, would not recommend. 
An article by Kristen Lamb in a recent edition of USA Today describes one man's retirement living holiday plan and uh, to avoid a $188 daily cost of a nursing home, this resident of a Houston, Texas suburb plans a long-term stay at the local Holiday Inn. <laughs> Enjoying his senior discount, he estimates his daily cost at $59.23, free breakfast included. And some Holiday Inns, he points out, even offer happy hours in the afternoon. And I've also heard of seniors who spend their retirement years on cruise ships, hopping from one cruise to another without a significant break. And most of those cruises include three free meals a day. But I bet uh, they have uh, you probably thought of one major problem. What if mom or dad encounters a major health problem or a medical emergency or requires daily assistance with the uh, tasks of daily living? And I doubt Holiday Inn has an in-house uh, qualified nurse or caregiver on board. And also, most uh, Holiday Inns don't offer the companionship, recreational uh, activities, and entertainment options that make a top-quality senior living facility a home. And so I don't recommend that you check mom or dad into the local Holiday Inn. But here's a sobering statistic, especially if you're a female. The average woman in America will spend 18 or more years caring for her aging parents and may begin with somewhat straightforward tasks like grocery shopping, driving, cooking, housekeeping, but it could escalate into more demanding tasks like providing housing and personal care like bathing, feeding, and helping mom or dad to get around. And whether or not you presently provide one or more parents with care, now is not too soon to start thinking about how best to keep mom and dad healthy, hearty, and safe. And I recommend you... uh, begin by going to Anthony Cirillo's website, theagingexperience.com, as he pointed out. And thanks to me and Anthony for joining us here today, and best of success in all that you do. We certainly need more education on uh, taking care of our seniors. Roy, it's my pleasure, and thanks for what you do to bring these issues to light to a large audience. My guest, Anthony Cirillo, offered... uh, sound advice for any of of you that are concerned about an aging parent or parents and their loss of independence. And to close today's program, I want to talk briefly about your final vow, a final vow that you should make to yourself. I recommend uh, that that you prepare for launch to your maiden voyage to personal fulfillment with one commitment. Promise yourself that on the final day on earth, Regardless of the circumstances, you'll not bitterly shake your head, sigh deeply and better wherever you may be, and utter any one of the following mournful phrases of regret. What if, if only, or I could have been. You know, you'll never know for certain just how much you can accomplish or how joyful and stress-free life can become unless you challenge yourself routinely to attempt something new, get out of that rut. Each one of us is granted only one lifetime, so you must not squander yours. You'll continue to sell yourself short only if you permit someone else to define your limitations or that little voice inside that was implanted when you were a child or whenever, and you refuse to imagine life's infinite possibilities, or if out of fear and following preparation, you still refuse to take that leap of faith 
simply because you're afraid of possible negative consequences. This very day, begin to let go of your inhibitions. Visualize unrestrained satisfaction on your own terms. Visualize just what life can be like. Unleash your imagination and begin your search for the vibrant, life-affirming experience of your dreams. You know, when all is said and done, you have nothing to lose but self-doubt, fear, and negative thinking. And very soon, I expect to observe you joyfully moving forward through life, positive, energized, and completely at peace with yourself and with the world. And welcome to our ever-expanding congregation of freshly anointed midlife winners. And for assistance on your journey to a brighter tomorrow, don't forget my book, A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, by Roy C. Richards. You'll find it at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or through our website, MiddleAgeRenewal.com. And that's our program for today. Tune in for our next program when my guest will suggest how you can cut through and overcome the BS all around you. And that's our program for today. So long from Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 